episode is sponsored in part by our friends at Vulture, spelled V-U-L-T-R, because they're all about helping save money, including on things like, you know, vowels. So what they do is they are a cloud provider that provides surprisingly high-performance cloud compute at a price that, well, sure, they, they claim it is better than AWS's pricing, and when they say that, they mean that it's less money. Sure, I don't dispute that. But what I find interesting is that it's predictable. They tell you in advance on a monthly basis what it's going to cost. They have a bunch of advanced networking features. They have 19 global locations and scale things elastically, not to be confused with openly, which is apparently elastic and open. They can mean the same thing sometimes. They have had over a million users. Deployments take less than 60 seconds across 12 pre-selected operating systems or If you're one of those nutters like me, you can bring your own ISO and install basically any operating system you want. Starting with pricing as low as $2.50 a month for Vulture Cloud Compute, they have plans for developers and businesses of all sizes except maybe Amazon, who stubbornly insists on having something of the scale on their own. But you don't have to take my word for it with an exclusive offer for you. Sign up today for free and receive $100 in credits to kick the tires and see for yourself. Get started at vulture.com slash morning brief. That's V-U-L-T-R dot slash morning brief. Everyone learns in different ways. Some methods work super well for one person, while someone else just doesn't get it. While most of us know this intellectually, it's easy to forget that other people aren't all like we are. I'm speaking in this case, of course about myself. For a while, I was very down on the idea of vendor certification, such as the AWS Cloud Practitioner Cert. I've since radically changed my view on them. What caused that shift is really my internalizing the awareness that not everyone is after the same things in their careers. And as it turns out, most of the common ways of preparing for certification exams flat out don't work for me. If you put me in front of a YouTube video or into a physical classroom, I will zone out and struggle to learn anything. Fun fact, the real reason I live tweet conference talks with dumb jokes is that it forces me to pay attention throughout the talk. Don't tell anyone. Reading blog posts often leads me down the same path. Occasionally, talking to someone deep in the weeds leads to a breakthrough, but other times I end up feeling like I haven't done the required prerequisite reading, and most of the conversation doesn't land for whatever reason. Personally, the method I've found that leads to the best learning outcome for me is via shitposting. Last week, I found myself confronted with an interesting problem. The ridiculous camera that I use for my video work isn't, in fact, plugged into my computer at all. It's got power, an SSD plugged into it, and a gigabit network connection. The video streamed over the network for use on my computer, plus for my YouTube work, I record on the camera itself. Bear with me, this is going somewhere. I don't want to have to fiddle with the camera directly. It's carefully focused and inside of a teleprompter enclosure. As luck would have it, it has an API, sort of. What I basically wanted was a way to control the thing via my Elgato Stream Deck. In other words, push a button, it starts recording video. Push it again, it stops recording. Push a different button, and it syncs the files from the camera to my computer. My programming language of choice most days is crappy Python, but let's be clear, my computer is a disaster fire of different Python versions and virtual environments, and I haven't found a great way to ship the entire thing into something that's going to work across my succession of computers from year to year. 
I briefly considered using Pi Installer, which after reading the documentation and a few experience reports on the internet, I considered to be a very funny joke. One right up there with how to build packages for Debian. I'd been meaning to kick the tires on Go for a while, and this seemed like a great excuse. I had to make a small handful of API calls to a very basic endpoint. I want to package this up solely as a command line utility. And given what I've observed about Go's ability to cross-compile for basically any operating system or platform, this seemed like as good an excuse as any to dive into it. Today's episode is brought to you in part by our friends at Minio, the high-performance Kubernetes native object store that's built for the multi-cloud, creating a consistent data storage layer for your public cloud instances, your private cloud instances, and even your edge instances, depending upon what the heck you're defining those as, which depends probably on where you work. It's getting that unified is one of the greatest challenges facing developers and architects today. It requires S3 compatibility, enterprise-grade security and resiliency, the speed to run any workload, and the footprint to run anywhere. And that's exactly what Minio offers. With superb read speeds in excess of 360 gigs and a 100 megabyte binary that doesn't eat all the data you've got on the system, it's exactly what you've been looking for. Check it out today at min.io slash download and see for yourself. That's min.io slash download. And be sure to tell them that I sent you. So how did I start learning it? I got halfway through the slides for the excellent OzCon 2017 workshop on building an awesome CLI app in Go by Steve Frankia and Ashley Willis. When I was through that, I discovered a Go CLI app framework called Cobra. Then I tossed the rest of the slides aside and went back to my tried and true method of learning a new thing, which is sheer brute force. To me, the only thing that makes a language, tool, or SaaS product stick in my mind is using it to solve a problem. Firing up a learning Go tutorial covers a bunch of stuff that virtually never aligns to my vision of what I'm trying to achieve. Instead, I broke it down into a few distinct tasks. I wanted to make a GET request against the following URL. Time to Google how to make an HTTP GET in Go led me down a rabbit hole where I learned a bunch of things. Among them were, it's super easy, this is how third-party dependencies work in Go, and if you don't enjoy pain, call it Golang when you're searching, since the bare word Go by itself is completely unsearchable. It took a couple of fits and starts, but within 90 minutes or so, I had a working application. Now, what did I take away from this? There were other options available to me, to be very sure. I could have found some extension for the Stream Deck that let me make bare HTTP calls against an endpoint. I don't imagine that there are more than a dozen people on the planet who use this particular camera as a webcam because there are way better options for that. I have this camera primarily for other things and have my very specific requirement that caused me to build this. The odds of anyone else ever using what I've built are slim. But I came away with an understanding of how Go is structured as a language, what the tool chain looks like, how to turn stuff I copied and pasted from Stack Overflow into something that will compile, and more. This won't be my last time using Go for something interesting, and this certainly won't be the last time I have to learn something new. For the first decade of my career, I was convinced that this learning style was bizarre and not how most people approached things. Maybe that's true, and maybe it isn't. But if it's how you learn, I invite you to join me in shitposting your way to learning new things while having a fair bit of fun along the way.
This has been a Humble Pod production. Stay humble.